Love the cases. Love the clauses. Love the adverbs and the antecedents. Love the words. From ELFM. edition of Look Closer, the Found Fiction podcast. If you've never listened before, this show is a creative search for inspiration. In every edition, I'll meet up with a different writer to take a journey around their neighbourhood and explore the places, people and communities around them. The things that inspire them as creative thinkers and makers of great things. This time I went to Salford in Greater Manchester to meet poet Rose Kondo, Rose is a Canadian spoken word artist and multiple slam champion who's performed at events internationally since 2013, most recently with the Empathy Experiment, which played at the 2019 Manchester and Edinburgh Fringe Festivals. How's it going? Good, good. how are you? Good to see you. You too, yeah. Oh, man. Shall we head outside? Sure. It is too Is it? It is, yeah. That doesn't surprise me weather where it's like not raining uh, at all but it but it has stamina but so it just like carries on jeans are damp you know what i mean oh uh, yeah so, yeah but it'll be fine for a while yeah it's yeah cold. it's definitely not cold i used to live in manchester actually oh, did you? yeah well i was born here and then oh, okay. like i moved back here after uni yeah and uh and now like i kind of have an odd relationship with it oh where um, it's kind of like home, I guess, but I don't really know it as yeah. I should, I suppose. Right, let's get our gear together. That's funny, I feel a little bit the same about Winnipeg, like where I'm from, it's where I'm from, but when I go to visit, I'm like, everything's really different. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there, have we, I might have even talked about this. I've been to Winnipeg. Yes, I think you did yeah. tell me that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't remember why I'd you went there. I'd love to say what I remember from it, but I can't. I, I think I only stayed like a day because I was just going from coast to coast and it's like the only habitable place for like, you know, if you're on a 20 hour bus ride, then yeah. you might as well stop over there if you're going you, all the way to like, well, I was going to on bus Thunder Bay. I stopped at on, yes. and then, uh, well, ultimately Montreal. Okay. So yeah, it was, it was like, well, welcome bed for the night. really. Yeah, it definitely. Was, yeah, I went around like some nice cafes and things and yeah. yeah it was a pleasant place to be definitely it's, it's an urban jewel in the middle of the prairies like in the middle of nowhere yeah, yeah for sure i did i forgot it was going to be dark actually yeah <laughs> but it's good because in some ways it's like very much how i knew manchester and salford for the first like two three years i started coming here because <laughs> oh, right. i would only come in the evenings for poetry gigs um so we're gonna we're gonna start off going past the eagle which is where it evidently used to be um, every nice. month. Okay, um, yeah, that rings a bell. Remind me what that is. So, evidently, was the monthly um, poetry night that Kieran King and Ella Gaines were uh-huh. at. And it's in the Eagle Inn in Salford. Um, and <laughs> for so long, when I would come here, I knew, my, I knew how to get from where we are to the Eagle and back to the station. 
and then I knew how to get from Piccadilly Station to um, Affleck, which is another one of our stops on the on the journey, and back to Piccadilly. I didn't know how to get around anywhere else in Manchester, so. <laughs> I guess just tell us a bit more about where we are and where we're going today. Sure. So we're just leaving Manchester Victoria Station, and we're heading into Salford very briefly. So I'm. I've sort of planned a, a journey that goes past some significant places for me in, in kind of coming into cool. coming into my life as a poet, I suppose. So, did you like spend? Have you spent many years here then? Yeah. So I, um, when I was living in Huddersfield, I moved to Huddersfield in 2013, I think, uh, and it was in 2014 I first came over to the very first. Slam I ever went to, which was at Word War in Affleck. Uh-huh. Um, and then I started coming to Evidently every month as well. And it just sort of became a a place where I was meeting lots of new people and like making some really cool friends and felt very comfortable in the in the nights and so tried and because it's so easy to get to from Huddersfield, I, I found I was coming over quite a lot. So yeah. yeah. I see you. So yeah, it's it's kind of yeah, very, very urban immediately as you come out of the station, just walking under a bridge Definitely. right now. You said about the Manchester drizzles kind of yeah. got us already. <laughs> I, I seem to remember when I was living here, uh, yeah. like, there's just kind of, a, it, it felt, I think someone once described it as like living inside Tupperware. Like, it's like a deathless <laughs> yes. grey sky all the time. I love that. I'm going to yeah. use that for yeah. sure. Well, it's yeah. funny too, because it was sunny here earlier today. Oh, right. It's safe for us to cross over. We can do, otherwise we can okay. cross the lights. Uh-huh. It's just a bit of a faff. But this is a, like main thoroughfare areas. This is the MEN arena here, actually. Um, so there have been times when I've come to poetry events and they'll be like, you know, um, take that reunion tour I'll be on or something and it's just rammed full of people. The mainstream meets the kind of niche, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> If only spoken word could fill stadiums. Could you imagine? That'd be yeah. amazing. One day, definitely. Yeah, one day. that's that's the dream, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're that's what we're about. Well, I guess success means different things to different people, doesn't it? But yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I'm happy with a a night where there's sort of you know 15 people crammed in the back yeah. room of a pub and everyone's super into it. I used to get really bothered by low audience turnouts for events I was hosting and I tried to not let it bother me but it really did. I wanted my events to be popular and if only 10 or 15 people showed up I'd take it to heart. But then one thing happened which changed all of that. I was at a literature festival due to give a talk on a Saturday evening in a prime time slot. I couldn't wait, I felt like I'd really arrived and this was my moment. And I got there nice and early. I was wearing a white blazer and my good jeans. And literally nobody turned up. Literally zero people. And to make matters worse, there were two stewards on the door, you know, for crowd control. I was gutted. But then I was talking to a friend the following week and he said, well, what else are you going to do on a Saturday night? Sit back and watch X Factor? At least you tried to do something more interesting. And that really helped, and it changed my outlook for the good. I'm I'm kind of out in the country now, relatively. <laughs> okay. And like, it's quite immediately, and I think it's picking it up quite a lot on this microphone, like just the kind of harshness of the city immediately, like the yes. kind of 
you know the cars driving by with you're going through puddles and it yeah it's obviously pretty much dark now and it, it's kind of immediately yeah it's it's just you're in, in a different world really well and that was always a big thing coming over from Huddersfield because you know Huddersfield's nestled in the Pennine Hills and you're so close to this beautiful Yorkshire landscape yeah and then here it's very like you say it's urban and noisy and all of that and yeah. I think there's a charm to that but yeah I remember when I was when we found a, 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 my partner Karen and I found a flat to live over here yeah um where I was like oh is that going to be okay being away from all the expansive green space and uh-huh. stuff? I mean do you find the like are you someone who comes out I know we're going to go around some of the places that do inspire you but like are you someone who is inspired by like you know walking like walking around at night getting rained on and, and like does your material become like grittier because of it <laughs> um I tend to like to wander during the day uh-huh. yeah um and there's a park Best. near where we're living in Salford and I like to wander around there yeah I find that I find the noise of traffic it gets to be the, the stimulation of it gets to be a little bit much yeah i promise we are going somewhere as well we're across a bridge right now yeah, on yeah. like a main, <laughs> main road head down this way um it, it appears to be shut <laughs> but this okay is the eagle and it's really the first time i came here i was like where can i because you can see, it looks like we're going down a back alley <laughs> it does what's that hanging above from the wire there above us, is it just plastic bags maybe, this stuff? Oh yeah, that's just rubbish. Yeah. yeah. This used to be a bath, a public bath I think. And oh, it's okay. had scaffolding around it the whole time I've been coming here. So five or six years now. Because I think they, I think they had to like, wow. they were airing it out or something. And right. so this, this. And s- something's tried to break through by the looks of it. It's a bit <laughs> yeah. like Jurassic Park-esque. Yeah. With the lovely like bunting hanging off. Yeah, it. there's a there's contrast of Strange juxtaposition. Yeah. So public baths, I guess. Sometimes like you see construction hoardings up and fences and things and you think it's just going to be a few weeks, but like you say, it might have been years that this yeah. has happened. I mean, there like was a time when, when um, they would light it up at night. Yeah. And... Uh, so it would look quite nice, but you could, like, you can see along here they've done stuff. They've got the little the marquee set up to make it okay yeah. for people to sit outside. But have you been in here before? I haven't been here. No, no, I haven't. So it's it's great. It's a really cozy pub. Uh huh. Um, and they have a performance space oh. inside as well, um, which I is see. where it evidently used to happen. And so, yeah, we would all gather here. I think it was like first Monday of the month or something. And uh, they'd always have a feature guest, and then they'd have open mic. Oh no, yeah. they'd have two guests. They'd have a feature and a support, and then uh-huh. open mic. And it was just like such a gem to come to. So it's yeah. it's odd, isn't it? It's it's probably weird, even for you, thinking it's closed now, and it really is yeah. completely closed. We're the only yeah, people I here. Yeah, close on Mondays. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It, you can imagine the the life here for yeah. sure. Like even just outside, where you know might not necessarily have taken place the events yeah. and things but 
yeah, you can imagine it. It's definitely set up for it. Yeah, absolutely. Why is this place inspiring for you? Is it just because of the memories of performing here then? Yeah, and yeah. I think it was when I, it was like one of the places where I first started to really not only meet other people, but hear other poets uh-huh. and start to like understand what, what you could do with poetry. Yeah. And it, it was, um, and also Kieran and Ella, and I'm not just saying this because Kieran's my dude, but like yeah. they ran nights where you really felt like it was about the poetry and you felt really welcomed and very much like what you Basket. did with Outspoken, you know, like oh, really very much about celebrating people who were getting up and sharing and yeah. that as a, as a newbie to it, that was really nice. Do you think it feels like a kind of retreat in where it's placed and what it's yeah, surrounded maybe. by? Because it's yeah. not... It's not exactly like, yeah, it's not like a Shoreditchy type area where there's, no. there's lots of this particular type of place and lots of arts events happening all around us or anything, but mm-hmm. it kind of stands out as special because yeah. of its surroundings in that it's not, maybe not, you wouldn't expect to be inspired in an area like this yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's industri- in, like it feels very industrial and very, uh-huh. like you say, lots of building work around us and then you like would meet a bunch of really cool goofy poets for an evening and yeah oh i missed that yeah, yeah. should we have a look yeah. at some of the art here oh yeah I think there's a sure. bit of art here so what have we got oh yeah so pictures of plants and <laughs> yeah it feels a little bit hungry caterpillar yeah it's a little childlike isn't it yeah Oh, so yes, it was bats, I see. Yeah. Wow, and it, and it kind of, here, it sounds like, it would have done, right? It sounds like trickling water. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And it would be so interesting to have known, like, when it was a public space, how different this area would have been. Yeah. Because cause we're the only people around here right now. It's so quiet and... Yeah, you don't really usually get pubs right next door to a public bath. No, exactly. I wonder if they did exist together. Oh, and you can kind of see oh, wow. some of it here. So we're just looking through a fence. Uh, we can't we can't go in, but we can oh. see it's like some proper. yeah, can, excavation like Yeah, some thing. some remnants of what yeah, this this is kind of a what you'd climb up the lifeguard, right? Oh, Maybe. Yeah. So there's like a chute that the lifeguard might have climbed up to observe mm. people in the baths below. Mm-hmm. It's all just there. It's all just sort of dumps, just dumps big, like rubbish. Like, concrete stones here too. I, I wonder what's going on if they're like reinforcing the foundation or something. Yeah, it'd be interesting if it is going to get reused for its original purpose for sure. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of stories immediately coming to me about being at a swimming pool and yeah. being a kid and maybe like, you know, sometimes quite it's an empowering place to be when you're learning to swim and you can start swimming and you can swim faster and faster and do different strokes. And, yeah. But then it's also like, can, like for me and probably others, like it, it can be like a bit anxiety, you know, it can, yeah. if you're like in your early teens and there's like... I don't know, it's like body conscious and things. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because like baths are also, I mean, we call them swimming pools in Canada, <laughs> but like there's something about that element of like new risk, you know, like yeah. jumping into the water for the first time. and Yeah, well, we call them swimming pools. I was just saying baths because you did. 
Oh, right. <laughs> I, I would say swimming pools. I don't know if there is a difference, but yeah. I think it's maybe a generational difference. I realize I've, I've, I, for part of our journey, I'm taking us along really noisy roads. But no, I guess that's Manchester it, it and Salford. It, it, so, it adds yeah. to it. It adds to it. You're surrounded by like activity, and I think yeah. that the rain on the roads adds adds to it. It yeah. sounds like kind of sizzling in a pan or something as yeah, it's washing past. Exactly. But like I, I've sometimes been inspired by kind of urban life because yeah. you you kind of feel more anonymous even though there's more people around, um, and it and it does fill you with a bit of drama. You know that there's stories here. You just know that there's a ton of stories, and you, you wouldn't have to try too hard at all to really stumble upon one. And you could even see them in the people and the interactions between people, probably. Definitely, yeah. I think what I try to seek out. And obviously haven't been able to with lockdown, but like try to find cafes where there's a bit of quiet in the midst of all of that. Yeah. One of yeah. my favorite. Oh, sorry, going down this way. One of my favorite things to do is to just sit in a cafe uh, for a couple of hours and write, or like Great. just let words kind of tumble onto the page. Uh huh. Uh huh. But it, I like it to be a kind of tucked away maybe sort of yeah, greasy spoony type place so know? like does that always happen for you when you have arranged it like when you've arranged to be creative does it always happen for you no no <laughs> no like sometimes you can kind of, sometimes you can kind of put all of the the right structures in place yeah. and go okay i've got like a blank sheet of paper and a pen <laughs> and and even an idea you know like i'll yeah. sit down and go this is the poem i want to write about nothing and then it hits you when you at work at the most inconvenient time you've yeah. got a super idea to go with yeah it is amazing as well how to this day i think this happened to me last week i was falling asleep i had an idea didn't get up to write it down was convinced i would remember it in the morning and totally did it oh that hurts no i've been there i've been there yeah and so you write down things all the time now do you or? Um, yeah, do you I make do. Notes all the time, I, yeah. I, yeah, I sort of vary the way I do it. So, for a while, I would carry around like a little notebook, and I'd put notes in that. Yeah. And then I started to put notes in my phone, but then I found I wouldn't go back to to look at them. Uh huh. Uh huh. So now, because I'm home so much, if I have a new idea for something, I give it a new blank A4 sheet, and I've started a like filing system for uh -huh. ideas, like seedlings of ideas. So. And. Is your work always spoken word poetry? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that's the medium that I, I, I really like to play with right now. Um, when I was a kid, I really liked to write stories a lot. Um, and I've written a couple of plays. Like one was a children's play uh -huh. for the Edinburgh Science Festival. Yeah. And one was a one woman play years ago called pig but like now it just feels like that's the the canvas i like to use i guess so, yeah yeah oh well yeah i guess spoken word is a diverse form right you know you can people come at it from theater yeah. they come at it from like hip-hop and and like rap and people come at it from kind of page poetry as well and yeah. they're, they're really different forms that meet in spoken word in like a Venn that's how I kind of see it in a yeah. Venn diagram but, I guess um, I often yeah. think of my ideas um, that I write things that I know I, I want to perform I don't yeah. often yeah. write things that, that will 
yeah. be on a page. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, what really varies between writers is how they go about creating their work, but that also varies a lot within each individual. To take poetry for example, sometimes poems just come to you in their entirety. Other times you dictate them or record them verbally before typing them out. Other times you carve them out word for word meticulously over many weeks trying to make the perfect poem. Going deep dive here, Steve. Something I'm realizing as we're talking that I had I'd never thought about this before, but like I've I've walked around central Manchester a fair bit to get to different places, especially in particular the place we're going to now, which is the central library. But I think because like you know how I was saying earlier where I find the, the noise of it, the stimulation a bit overwhelming. And what I'm realizing now as we're walking is that I have a tendency to shut that out right. as a kind of coping mechanism. You know, I, I, I deal with a lot of anxiety and so I feel like the way of managing that is to kind of zone out from the, the huh. chaos around me. But what, what that might be keeping me from is the, the poetry of what's around me. And, and this is, this is ah. I'm feeling a sense of like wanting to um, be a bit more open to the city as I walk and I've never thought yeah. about that before. I guess, to put it bluntly, like I guess you've got to suffer to be inspired, right? You've got to have the grief and the joy of it in a way. Perhaps. I, I might, I'm, I, I definitely see that that's a perspective that some people have. I think mine might be to be more open to the noise and know when to step back from it, but allow that uh -huh. to come in a little uh -huh. bit more. Not in a way that's going to compromise my well-being, but just like to that. pay that's attention good. to it a bit more. It's good, definitely great to be yeah, mindful of all of that, for sure. I think I, I read something uh, recently as part of a project that I did, actually, but it was, yeah, cause sometimes a city can be, leave you with bruises, but you don't realize that it is sometimes causing you pain, you know? Yeah, but yeah. The bruises are kind of everlasting, I guess, but yeah. But then, then I think, I think like the great highs of being in a city and like you've described earlier about being around like-minded people and the joy of that. Mm. Makes it makes it worth it, surely. You know, it's, yeah, definitely. And that's what makes those moments so good as well. Yeah, but that's that's interesting that you can just yeah that you feel like you shut yourself off from the city because yeah it might it might get too much sometimes. Of yeah. course, I think it does for everyone really. Um, but then yeah, by doing that, you probably yeah you're not soaking up what you could be doing. You know, you, yeah. who knows? You might you might have essentially missed the. Uh, Bit of, of an interaction, or you might have overheard something, or you might have like mm. not seen something that could have been a turning point of some kind. But mm -hmm. well, that's exactly it, and I think I don't think I'm alone in that. Like I think a uh -huh. lot of people head down, music on, yeah. phone in face, yeah. everything's just kind of shut out, and um, yeah, I think it's. I think if you're choosing to do that as a kind of coping mechanism, mm. go for it. Mm. But if that's the default, then it, I think people are missing a lot of yeah. stuff. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that that has changed a little. And the ho whole point of this podcast was in response to that in a way. Yeah, and, okay. and like, you know, during lockdown and, and it was 
it, everyone was kind of getting out more, you know, when, when everyone could only go out once a day. I think people tried to use that wisely and yeah. maybe they just went out for a run or they went for a walk around their own community, but they had their eyes open in a way that they might not have done. They might have taken it for granted before. But this is all about, yeah, looking closer at the places around and looking up rather than down at the phone or whatever. Yeah. There was a time <clears throat> about, um, well, when we first moved here, so I've been living in Salford now just over two years. We moved at the end of June of 2018. Um, and at that time, I was working from home. <laughs> I was mm. working for Arts Emergency, but we didn't have an office space. Uh -huh. So I was working from home and I would come to the library to, uh, to work. They've got a beautiful reading room on the second floor. Uh -huh. I've been there, actually, oh, yeah. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite places in the city. Yeah, yeah. And I knew that it took me exactly 32 minutes to power walk there from ah. where we live. Because I would sometimes <laughs> meet people in the cafe. Oh, wow. So that was a route that I came to know very well. I see. And uh, would often arrive at meetings sweaty and out of breath because <laughs> this, of this. This looks quite theatrical to it me. It does, doesn't it? So it, it's like a canvas covering this construction or the, the construction of the town hall, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of dimly lit and it's a silhouette of everything yeah. behind it. And, and there's kind of pink lights that mark the hoardings from the traffic to make yeah. everything safe. But that's lit up like, um, like a theatre production yeah. somehow. You can imagine like... You, you could have a puppet show or something there. <laughs> you could, and you've almost got like a balcony up there too. You yes. can imagine, you know, it's very well lit. going on up there. Yeah, and I think like in a time when obviously theatres are struggling like more than they ever have, like for sure, like seeing, seeing the potential for that um, mm -hmm. in a place that isn't a theatre, seeing theatre in the everyday I think is quite powerful right now. I mean, yeah, definitely. And that's what that is. It's, it's kind of lit up like a puppet show could be. That's. that's Quite striking to yeah, me. Yeah, and I do wonder, like. An X marks the spot there, just an X in duct tape that's not explained. I guess that's well, I the guess distance yeah, thing, yeah. isn't it, right? There's one there and there too. But it, it's not, yeah, right, it's not. Uh, you have to assume it is that, really, just an X in the middle of the street. Reminds me of just cartoons as a kid, just that's where someone would drop down, like a trapdoor would open or something. Maybe there's buried treasure underneath. Maybe, X, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's funny um, how you start to notice, you know, you talk about the, where we're seeing theatre and things now. When we start to see things like that, it's, yeah. it's just the accepted new normal of, oh, that's because of COVID. I know. And, and you kind of forget, like, I, I was, you know, walking along near where we live, there's, you know, bus stop and there's always masks on the ground all mm. covered in footprints. Mm -hmm. and, and you just go, oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's normal. That's, yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah, how quickly you can adjust yeah. to just a world-changing event, you know, how, how quickly that's happened. Um, yeah, because you kind of think, it, it makes you realise what it might have been like in, in a war or something, you know. Yeah. There's so many things that are just symbolic of that. I mean, yeah, a footprint on a mask mm -hmm. in a puddle on the street would be, like, you'd know, like, the era that came from. Um, yeah. If you uh, kind of reflect, I mean, this is a whole era of art, essentially, that we're living through, that we're living through the start of now. Yeah. Well, I think that comes back to what we were talking about before, about how art... Well, there's one. What, what was that? I was, someone just uh, gasped, gasped. 
So someone just gasped open-mouthed at the building in front of us, which is an amazing building, the Manchester Art Gallery. That was like completely stunned, that person. That, that's cool, that's cool. Well, well maybe, it, yeah, she was looking at it, wasn't she? I think so. I don't know that she was like on the phone or she looked, she looked like she was looking at this. But I don't know what, I mean, there's, there's banners here, but... But it's made it's made us think. Oh, is there something amazing? But but it it actually is amazing. It's like, an incredible building. of course, it's an incredible. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really amazing. And but you know, I've never stopped to look at the building like this before. If this was in like Rome, I'd be taking yeah. a picture of it. You know, I'd be taking a selfie with me in it, maybe. If but she hadn't gasped, it, well, we wouldn't have stopped. I would not have looked at the building yeah. like this. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's it. Could be oh, it could be like an epiphany. She's just had like yeah. Maybe like. Maybe someone was telling her where this place was for years and she never yeah. knew, she never bothered and then that person left somehow and now she's just been reminded of them because she has passed the building and you could, you could, you could yeah. something about it. Yeah, definitely. And that's it for another edition of Look Closer, the found fiction podcast. Thank you very much to my special guest, Rose Kondo, who took us on a creative journey around Manchester and Salford. Before we say goodbye, we've got a couple of pieces of found fiction news to tell you about. As mentioned in the show, we recently ran a found fiction takeover at York St. John University. This involved us giving lectures and leading seminars for creative writing students. These sessions were designed to help these young writers find inspiration in the world around them, as well as sharpening their writing skills. And it won't be the last time we're involved with the university, as we look forward to revealing more details soon. It's Proper Arts is currently live in London. This is another one of our street literature projects where we've worked with three London-based writers to create art gallery descriptions of real places, implying that art is everywhere, not just in an art gallery. It's Proper Art is part of Kensington and Chelsea Art Week and it'll be displayed at various venues throughout October. As well as on our own website, you can visit kcaw.co.uk for more information. That's all we've got time for this time. Until next time, make sure you stay positive, connected and kind. Thanks for listening to Look Closer, the found fiction podcast. the commas, love the apostrophes, love the colons and the question marks, love the words from East Leeds FM. No, no, later, no, no, later, no, no, later, so you're listening to I Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. Thank you so much to Steve Clarkson for that found fiction podcast. Steve was interviewing Rose Kondo. Now, in the second part of Love the Words tonight, we have a piece by Jimmy and Rex called Cheese, followed by an interview with Simon Widop.
on his brand new poetry collection, Poet from the Black Lagoon, and followed by a couple of pieces by Stanley Holloway, or made famous by Stanley Holloway, read by the redoubtable Keith Fenton. Remember, Love the Words is every Tuesday night at 5.30pm here on East Leeds FM. If you've got something you want to say, want to read, want to talk about regarding spoken word, written word here in our wonderful region of Leeds, West Yorkshire and beyond, just get in touch with me, Peter Spafford at Chapel FM Arts Centre. And just to say that shortly we will be, at least the staff, the team, will be moving back into Chapel FM Arts Centre. It's very different now. It's still the same, but different in the sense that it's bigger. It's a wonderful new building. We can't wait to welcome the public in, uh, but it will be a little while before we do that. We're going to incrementally uh, you know, introduce events over the next however many months when we can. But there's a lot to look forward to. And we're still doing lots here online. And uh, yeah, keep with us, stay with us. Love the words, East Leeds FM. This dream I had, it was like Kill Bill, but with Emily Maitlis and Kay Burley off Sky News. They get fed up doing clickbait interviews with whiny fascists and go on an intellectual kung fu tag team rampage, questioning right-wing dimwits to a pulp. In early scenes, Boris Johnson runs off when he hears Emily talking in proper sentences. Jacob Rees-Mogg appears to melt like a candle, revealing that, under the suit, there's actually just congealed snot. Farage tweets heavily that he's putting Kay Burley off Sky News right in her place, but runs off screaming when he sees her coffee cup, having mistaken it for a milkshake. He only calms down when he can get by the Thames near Millbank and can point at boats while foaming at the mouth. As the plot develops, Emily gets cornered by either Andrea Ledsham or Kim Wilde, it's hard to tell these days, before they're interrupted by Dido Hardin, looking all worried, like she's forgotten to feed her horse. Then, they cut from the studio to Barnsley, where Katya Adler confronts right-wing thugs in stretch khaki who've gathered to defend the statue of Dickie Bird. Lord Elpers, even Piers Morgan comes over from the dark side. Being cliched, the dream slash movie it gets to the part where the big baddies hatchet man appears to try and kill off our two heroic kung fu interrogators. In this case, it's Dominic Raab because he does karate and stuff, though it takes him a while because he's not great with maps. The camera crew's lights on his Mekong-like forehead dazzle our duo into defenceless distress. Rab starts kicking Kay Burley off Sky News about, and he's just about to crush her beneath a box of unsold copies of Reese Mogg's book on Victorians when, gasping for breath, she asks him if he's ever read the Good Friday Agreement. All 35 pages of it. Thrown off guard, he hesitates, and Emily caves his head in with a Royal Television Society Award statuette. Surely now it's over. 
But this is a cliché dream slash movie, like those Channel 5 afternoon movies involving mild pedal and a psychotic boyfriend slash babysitter slash twin sister slash acting team leader, so you know there's a twist coming, as sure as the Prime Minister makes up statistics. From the darkness, laser beams from Dominic Cummings' bionic eyes blast Kay into oblivion, the guest presenting slot on Loose Women. And his army of incel droids in white linen shirts advance. Giant iPad Pros in one hand and a copy of Atlas Shrugged in the other. Realising it may be hopeless, Emily wades in and they dissolve almost instantly upon consensual contact with a female. But there's too many of them like stereotypes in a black exploitation picture. Cummings was his trademark smirk. He doesn't even need glasses anymore as he advances, wielding an early non-fiction draft of his Barnard Castle statement. Surely this is the end. But then, from the gloom, there's a flash of vivid, uncoordinated colour, all purples, browns and lime greens, as Angela Rayner steps forward and screams, Cummins, you're not an evil genius. Marina Hyde said so in last Wednesday's Guardian. Brandishes the culture section like a cross. Cummins' sneer shrivels like if he were on the vinegar strokes before his skull cracks open like a boiled egg and a tiny Vladimir Putin doll drops to the floor and scurries off into the Dantesque free-to-download furnace cum volcano which was all this dream could afford and means that, ever since, I've been getting Facebook ads about mature women looking for love only three miles away. Camembert since you're asking. One day it'll come from Texas in a can. Love the haiku, love the sonnet, love the quatrain and the couplet, love the words, from East Leeds FM. So good evening, you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. And uh, tonight I'm talking to the poet Simon Woodup. Hello, Simon. Hello, Peter, how are we doing? We're not doing too bad. Actually, how are you doing? Seriously. Um, <laughs> no, I, I am. I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, as much as the world is in the throes of whatever we're in at the moment, yeah. I'm, I'm doing all right. Good. I'm very pleased to hear that. Uh, well, we're here to celebrate the uh, the launch of your your book, the poet from the, the Black Lagoon, which I've read and it's great. Really enjoyed it. Love the language in it. So, um, 
Simon, tell us a bit about the book. How many, is this your first poetry collection or you've had a few? Uh, no, this is the um, this is the second one actually. Um, my first book came out back in two thousand and eighteen, and that was sending a drunk text while sober. That came out on uh, Plastic Brain Press, uh, and then last year I actually had my debut show, uh, Stained, which won the Hive Award at Great Manchester Fringe. That would have been on tour this year. Unfortunately, mm. what's happened has happened. Indeed. Yeah, what a shame. Well, there's always next year, hopefully. Everything Fingers crossed. crossed. <laughs> so when were the, po uh, the poems from Poet from the Black Lagoon um, written up? Is that recently, over the last six months, or do they have a longer gestation? Well, it actually started um, <coughs> last summer. Um, basically, when I came off doing the show... Um, at the same, t just before I went off to do the show, actually, I was made redundant from from the job that I was working. But I went straight from being made redundant straight into doing this this week long run of the show. Uh, but then coming back home, it it kind of hit me afterwards, and the the summer wasn't brilliant last year. But. Uh, my wonderful uh, girlfriend, um, she turned around one night and said, right, why don't you pick a horror film that I've never watched and I'll pick one that you've never watched. You know, just make a bit of a fun weekend out of it. And we watched Poltergeist. First time I've ever seen it, the, the original Toby Hooper one. And we, we do have a bit of a joke every now and then because her name's Carol Ann and obviously the little girl in the film is Carol Ann and she has had people say, oh, like, like, like the Portland guy girl when she's rung up places before. Um, anyway, sort of a few weeks after that, I wrote the first one that's in the book, uh, which, is, which, which now appears in the book, which is Baby Be My Poltergeist. Um, I wrote about four or five others. Uh, I turned around to Plastic Brain Press and I said, look, I've got this idea. Why don't we do it as a chat book? And they said, yeah, yeah, we could do that. Problem is I kept writing. <laughs> Um, so I just kept adding and adding and adding, um, and then obviously when the lockdown happened this year, uh, myself and Richard Daniels, who's um, my editor at Plastic Brain, we just sort of really hunkered down, we ironed out all the details, dotted the I's, crossed the T's, and then, and obviously you, you've seen it, the, the artwork that's mm. inside on the cover was designed by Melody Clark, and Mel's knocked it out of the park as well. Um, and we decided, right, let's get it out for October. No matter what happens, let's get it out for October. Great stuff. And it does have a kind of horror uh, theme, uh, the language and the, the, the general darkness of it, which, again, as I say, I really enjoyed, Simon. So perhaps you give us a taste of it, maybe the first poem, Baby Beam on Poltergeist. Well, let's do it. Um, so, yes, yeah, so this is uh, Baby Beam on Poltergeist. The Snowfall of Static. Washes over midnight screens. A distant whisper to hypnotise. Baby, be my poltergeist. Draw me in with tales and visions. Twist and twizzle the physical realm. Wrap around. Take me away from space and time. Baby, be my poltergeist. 
rearrange the furniture, slam the doors, build on the graveyard of my heart, play rough, don't be nice, baby, be my poltergeist. Possess the trees, cause a storm, take control of creepy toys, promise to keep me up all night, baby, be my poltergeist. Keep a demon on the door, take me into worlds unknown, we can explore together if you like, baby, be my poltergeist. My heart and mind are open to you, I'm willingly yours if I meet your needs. Let's do this for eternity, not just a night. Baby, be my poltergeist. Great, thanks very much. You're listening to Love the Words, and Simon Widock is talking about his, his new collection, Poet from the Black Mag Lagoon. I can't even say it. It spooked me out so much. Um, so, Simon, it, you know, for, for people who... who Obviously, not seeing the book at this particular moment. Can you describe how it looks? It's got a particular look to it. What were the illustrations? Yeah, so, um, Melody Clark, um, she's on Instagram at the Melody Clark. Uh, she's also got her other page, which is uh, Bog Books. Uh, she's basically done it like an old 80s VHS video nasty kind of vibe. Um, there's really no other way to get it. It basically looks like an old video which you know just sends the nostalgia rush going through my veins like there's no tomorrow um there's some little she's got like fake stickers on the back of the box which i won't reveal what she's put on them because that's a surprise when you get it but i'm really dead chuffed with it so um simon yeah i mean obviously you were you were you tell us about the the gigs you were going to be doing and hopefully you will do uh, what's what what how where were they going to be and and uh, yeah tell us about it yeah it, obviously 2020's worked out just so surreal um, basically the original plan for 2020 was to tour the show that I did last year Stained which uh, deals with uh, tattoo and body mod um, culture uh, the community uh, around it and we managed to get one show in at Huddersfield at the start of the year. It was supposed to sort of come home to Wakefield a couple of years, a couple of years, a couple of weeks following that. But that's when not sort of all the lockdowns kicked in. So with the poet from the Black Lagoon, that sort of took the place of where Stained was going to be. But um, obviously with, with the new restrictions that are coming in, unfortunately... Um, I won't be able to get out properly with this, but we're looking at maybe trying to do some live streams on, on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, because again, the thing is everyone uses different things, so it might be a Zoom that we end up doing. We Just keep your eye on my social medias. There'll, there'll be an announcement at some point, all being well, fingers crossed, touch wood. Absolutely. And, and where can we get hold of Poet from the Black Lagoon? So at the moment it is available exclusively through the Plastic Brain Press website. Um, it is www.plastic-brain-press.com. 
www.mytoolcollections.com. Uh, there's my two collections on there. There's work from Richard Daniels, uh, work from Melody Clark, work from Gareth Spark, and work from Louise Hart as well. Fantastic. Well, um, let's hear a couple more, if you wouldn't mind. Let's do it. Um, how about a couple of haikus? Let's make it classy. Let's go for some, some very strict form haikus. Go for it. Throughout the seasons, those chills you feel in graveyards are just ghosts hugging. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Simon. And so the, the, this book, Poet from the Black Lagoon, is available from the, uh, the Plastic Brain uh, Press website. And it, it continues, presumably, with the horror theme all the way through. It does. The, the entire collection is my love letter back to the horror community, to horror culture, uh, to even heavy metal, horror punk. There's, if you're a horror fan, there are some beautiful deep cut references and Easter eggs scattered throughout. But even as a casual sort of poetry lover, you will still enjoy this. Marvellous. So, Simon, to finish off with, thanks ever so much for joining us. It's been great to have you here. And uh, Thank you so much for having me on, Peter. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, I, and thanks, and I do recommend Poet from the Black Lagoon. You, you mentioned horror punk. It's not a genre that I'm terribly acquainted with, I'm sad <laughs> to say. But I wonder if you could um, introduce a track which we can uh, play for the listeners. Let's do it. So, through the power of the airwaves, let us have... Hybrid Moments by The Misfits. Why do you like it? I just love The Misfits. It's they're a band that's influenced many bands that I've sort of got into over the years. They're the original ones that were just went, let's take the love of horror, let's take our love of punk, and let's just mash it together in some unholy matrimony. <laughs> Jonah and Grampus I'll tell the story of Jonah 
A really remarkable tale. A peaceful and numdrum existence he had, until one day he went for a sail. The weather were grand when they started, but later at turn at tide, the wind started blowing, the water got rough, and Jonah felt funny inside. When ship started pitching and tossing, he tried hard his feelings to smother. At last he just leant his head over side, and, well, one thing seemed to bring up other. When the sailors saw what he were doing, he gave them a bit of a jar. They didn't mind trippers enjoying themselves, but thought this here were going too far. Said one, is there now you can think on to stop you from feeling so bad? And Jonah said, ah, lift us over the side and chuck me in, there's a good lad. The sailor were not one to argue, he said, happen thou knows what's best. Then he picked Jonah up by the seat of his pants and chucked him in as per request. A grampus come up at that moment, and seeing the old man hard set, it swam to its side and it opened its mouth and said, come in lad, out up wet. Its manners were kindly and pleading, as if to say RSVP, said Jonah I've eaten a kipper or two, but I never thought one would eat me. Inside a grampus surprised him, to the first time he'd been by scenes. He found accommodation quite ample for one, but it smelled like a tin of sardines. Then over the sea they went cruising, and Jonah were filled with delight, with his eye to the brawl in grampus's head, he watched ships that passed in the night. I'm tired of watching, said Jonah. I'll rest for a minute or so. I'm afraid as you won't find your bed very soft, said Grampus. I've got a hard row. At that moment up come a whale boat. Said Jonah, what's this here we've struck? They're after my blubber, the Grampus replied. You better hold tight while I duck. The water come in through the spy hole, and it Jonah's face a real slosher. He said, shut your blow hole. And Grampus replied, I can't lie, it needs a new washer. Jonah tried hard to bail out water, but found all his efforts in vain. For as fast as he emptied the slops out through the gills, they come in through blowhole again. When at finished they come to surface, Jonah took a look out and he saw. They were stuck on a bit of a sandbank that lay one rod, pole or perch from shore. Said Grampus were in shallow water. I bought you as far as I may. If you sit on blow on top of my head, I'll spout thee the rest of the way. So Jonah obeyed these instructions, and Grampus, his lungs did expand, then blew out a fountain that lifted Joe up and carried him safely to land. There were tears in their eyes when they patted, and each blew a kiss a real big un. Then Grampus went off with a swish of its tail, and Jonah walk back home to Wigan. Before I tell this here poem, there's a few things you young people today should know. CB in the British Army used to mean confinement to barracks. And now, Marksman Sam by Marriott Edgar. When Sam Small joint regiment he were no but a raw recruit, and they marched him away one wintry day, his musket caused to shoot. They woke him up at crack of dawn, with many a nudge and shake. He were dreaming that sergeant had broke his neck, and he didn't want to wake. Lieutenant Bird come on parade, and chided the lads for moaning. He talked in a voice like a pound of plums. 
His tonsils needed pruning. Move to the right by fours, he said. Crisp-like, but most severe. But Sam didn't know his right from his left, so pretended he didn't hear. Said a lieutenant, Sergeant, take this man's name. The sergeant took out a pencil. He were getting ashamed of taking Sam's name and were thinking of cutting out stencil. Sam carried a musket, a knapsack and coat, spare boots that he'd managed to wangle, an hatchet to spade, in fact, as Sam said, he got everything by kitchen mangle. March easy, men, Lieutenant cried, as musket range grew near. An old Virginia rambler My fortune is quite hard I always love the women Drunk whiskey and played cards There lives a wealthy farmer Over in the country by He had a lovely daughter It's on her I cast my eye I asked if it made any difference If I should cross the line She said it make no difference If I'd return sometime We shook hands and parted The girl I left behind The girl I left in Grayson Was always on my mind I was walking around one evening Up and down the Yeah.